America. Tears of the Kingdom backlog, baby. Welcome to Tears of the Kingdom, the show. Could you imagine if we were an official Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom podcast? Um, We are, dude. Are you crazy? <laughs> Have you not heard of our show? <laughs> Nintendo, don't call us. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know what? Hold on real quick, because I was... There was something I was thinking of that I gotta I gotta do real quick. It's it's a little intro for the show. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Um invented, invented in Waco, Texas in eighteen eighty five by a pharmacist named Charles Alderton. The oldest major soft drink brand in America. What's happening? Oh, sorry. I didn't see you there. I was. Oh my gosh. I was too busy drinking a cold, refreshing Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, if you're listening, text us. You know, nowadays, people love their variety of colas, but here at Baby Got Backlog, there's only one cola beverage that we enjoy, and that's Dr. Pepper. I feel like one of us is having a fever dream, and I'm not sure who it is. That's why today's episode of Baby Got Backlog is brought to you by the number one cola in America, Dr. Pepper. Did you know that the origin of the name is disputed and they don't know why it's called Dr. Pepper? I'm going with it's you. You you're having a fever dream. Did you know Dr. Pepper Pepper <laughs> Dr. Pepper is the oldest brand in America that has produced soft drinks. The very first bottle sold in January of 1885. Either we have a deal you didn't tell me about or you're having a fever dream. <laughs> tell me tell me it's the first one. Hold on, hold on. I'm not done with my with my facts. Uh, Are you serious? I'm not done with my facts. Um uh, these aren't good these aren't good facts. There was hot Dr. Pepper, did you know that? Ew. Why? Well, yeah, exactly. That's why no one knows of it or likes it, because it's disgusting. All right, can I do one? <laughs> can you do one what? This is this is one you and I have talked about for years. Ready? Here, here we go. Ah, the fresh taste of the perfect cup of coffee, brought to you by Keurig. What did, when did we ever talk about Keurig? You used to tell me that I was like a walking, talking Keurig ad. Oh, that is true. You you were for a long time because like it, you see people don't know this unless they visit you because you're like, oh, man, I'll make you a Keurig like my Keurig machine's the best. What's your spiel? You always do. Do you want the perfect cup of coffee every time? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember now. Anyway, it's, this is. It's. <laughs> we were going to do this. Can we try and do it in unison? Do, uh, yeah, sure. Here we go. It's, it's Baby, Baby Got, Got Backlog. Backlog. The show, the show where, where we, we talk about, talk about video, games video games in our back and Andy's fever dreams. I just, I was driving home from work yesterday and I was like, how funny would it be to just like totally pop like a fake ad on Trevor on our podcast, like as if we had a sponsor and just see his reaction. And your reaction is word for word what I thought would happen in my head. 
That's because we've known each other for too long. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's the show where we talk about video games. That's what we're talking about today. Not Dr. Pepper, unfortunately, but if Dr. Pepper, if you'd like to, I can't even fake that if we would take a sponsorship. I hate Dr. Pepper. What? It's free money. They're like, hey, all you have to do is pretend you like our soda and we'll give you free money. I'm not going to pretend to like soda. There's lots of sodas I do like. I'd rather just do one with, with Coke. Coke, if you're listening, text us. Are you are you a Coke man or a Pepsi man? I'm a Pepsi man. You know, my dad worked for Pepsi for like 10 years growing up. And so all we ever drank were Pepsi products for the longest time. You ever hear the baffling fact that... Um, <clears throat> that, that there was hot Dr. Pepper? That well, yeah, which is I feel like I have to try some now, by the way. And now we're getting on super tangents, but I did get the Peeps flavored Pepsi and it was disgusting. Well, that makes a lot of sense because Peeps conceptually are disgusting. Hey, do you yeah. want sugar mounds with sugar coating that are in the shapes of stupid little animals that don't exist? Dude, at Easter, I offended Stacy's mom so bad because she was like, uh, they were like, oh, like because they got all of us Peeps in like a big Easter basket, and Ooh. someone was like, was like, who likes peeps? And I was like, literally no one. Nobody on earth likes peeps. We just give them to people on Easter. And everyone just like dropped to cold, dead silence. And her mom turned her head and shot daggers into my eyes. And I was like, I think I found the one person who likes peeps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what peeps are? Peeps are springtime candy corn. Yeah, that's like exactly what they people are. pretend to like them. No one likes them. Yeah, they're like literally I thought nobody liked them. They were just like candy corn that people bought them because they thought they were supposed to. Yeah, they're more decoration than anything. Yeah. Um, but anyway, did you know the baffling fact that uh, in taste tests, um, Pepsi beats Coke by a wide margin, but in people's actual preferences, Coke beats Pepsi in a wide margin? I kind of hate that a lot. Thank you. It's like a well-known, a pretty well-known uh, fact in like social science. And they think it's because like people just have a stronger association with the brand of Coke. Like they have better branding and they have like the little polar bear mascot and stuff. But sure. in, ta in taste tests, people prefer Pepsi, but in preference, people choose Pepsi um, or choose Coke rather like far greater in numbers. Weird. Mm hmm. Anyway. We're talking this, about video games. This episode is actually brought to you by Marvel because we're both talking about a Marvel property game today. Yeah, not till we talk about Tears of the Kingdom, though. Oh, yeah. There's a, another new trailer. And boy, howdy, is it just chock full of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there isn't really much to say except for it just looks awesome like every trailer. But this really is the first trailer that has showed us stuff i mean the gameplay reveal a couple weeks ago showed us a lot of stuff that was in the game but i think the big question that was hanging in the air still was people were like who's the big bad yeah like who's the villain what is the mission what exactly is like in this new version of breath of the wild and to be clear they didn't really answer that super well but we got to see a lot of like bosses and like gameplay footage and characters and stuff like in the world which was just like immaculate i thought yeah and i think the big reveal is that it it's it's officially that ganondorf is back right oh yes and no how no 
Well, actually, before we get into that, just what we're as someone who's like new to being a Zelda fan and like not knowing as much about Zelda as the rest of us, what was just your overall reaction to the trailer? Well, I mean, my overall reaction was, is it May 12th yet? Yeah, it Um, hype is so real, dude. Dude, I'm so glad that I played Breath of the Wild before this game came out because I'm I'm on the hype train with everyone else now. Um and oh I'm so excited for this game. I still need to pre-order it. Yeah. Oh, I'm shocked you haven't done it yet. Um Yeah. It's honestly like, dude, I've been hyped since the first trailer and like I don't know if the marketing appeals to everyone. I think a lot of people are are uh th- this marketing is very divisive. Like I think a lot of people haven't liked it, but for me every trailer that has dropped, they they've just shown like a tiny bit more and every time I see even a little bit of this game, I've just been like, "Okay, this game's going to be awesome." Um yeah. Like even the the very first trailer official like trailer trailer and not just like a teaser like for a long time they would do a whole nintendo direct and then the last 30 seconds <laughs> would be that shot of hyrule of Castle. Link. wasn't it like link flying through the air no before that before the official official trailer all they showed for a long time was um a shot of hyrule castle like getting exploded into the sky and like this really dark ominous um just like purple, red, black sky. And it was just like the sequel to breath of the wild is in development. That was like the only thing we saw (laughs) until like 2019 or 2021 or something. That's wild. Yeah. And so when we saw the first trailer is the one you're thinking of where link was falling from the sky and we got shots of enemies and him like doing the little drip drop thing up through the floor of like a sky Island. I was like, Oh, right. I, that was when I was like, I am two million percent in this game. Like from that moment, you know. Yeah, I think my moment was rewatching that trailer and then the new ones after, like while I was playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I think what's so cool about the trailers to me, like in this moment before we really know what the game is about, um. And I think I said this to Tommy because Tommy, if you're listening, text us. Uh, he he's like, I'm still baffled by the fact that yesterday when that trailer dropped, he finally was like, yeah, I think I finally am like on board. And I was like, what? Like he's <laughs> he's been like not. And like the thing to me about these trailers that has made me so on board is even from the first one, it always felt like they were trying to to make this game have a really distinct identity that's different from breath of the wild. Yeah. Um, cause we've seen so many like dark things of like Zelda falling down a cave and link getting enveloped by evil energy. And like, even just the amount of like green that's in the logo of the game and like the different colors of the world and the enemies, I feel like the art style and just the direction they're trying to go is, more distinct and more unique i think yeah i would agree with that because i think certainly mine and other people's uh, i'm i would think perspective and probably the question that the developers had to ask themselves is okay we have this this incredibly dynamic beautiful world 
how do we how do we use that world without completely changing it but still making it feel fresh and with all the trailers that we've seen and and things like moving around the map like the sky islands are there and uh uh hyrule castle has floated into the sky like they did it they it looks like they've done it they took a very dynamic world and they made it they freshened it up without like completely changing the map yeah and that has always been the question too is we've known that they're reusing the same engine and the same map and so the question for the developers and everyone else is how do we build on top of this new thing that we've created with breath of the wild this like open world formula and just gameplay idea that has influenced everything in game since and like how do we really add on top of that and make this game different and unique and awesome and it my perspective is that they have they postponed this game so much because they really wanted to nail on what that was and not just be like hey this is more breath of the wild and the map is slightly different you know right and of course that remains to be seen but i think the the really the two biggest concepts at this moment that it seems like they've landed on is the verticality of flying through the air and like exploring sky islands right um, as as well as the fuse mechanics and the building elements of this game those seem to be the two things that they're like added to the formula of breath of the wild to give this game its own identity you know yeah and i think that's that's kind of what was missing from breath of the wild in a sense was like you know, you have the horse, yes, but he has to be in close proximity unless you have the DLC. And other than that, you're running. So the the question there was, okay, how do we become more mobile? They answered that. And then the other question that a lot of people had was, okay, well, what are they going to do about the, the weapon durability? And they answered that. So they they solved two big or at least one big question on everyone's mind for people like me who don't really care for the durability mechanic. They, they were like, Hey, here you go. Yeah, but you're fine with it. Now you came around on it. I, I did come around. It doesn't ruin the game. Like I thought it did, but don't give me those eyebrows. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, they, they tweaked it, which is really what I wanted to see out of this game was them at least address it. And they did. So I'm yeah. I'm already happy with it. Yeah. Um right. <clears throat> the other thing too that I am still standing by that seems more evident is I definitely think there's going to be a light world dark world thing happening in this game based on the fact that this trailer ends with Zelda being like Link you need to find me or like come find me. Like I I do think the the thing that and this is probably spoilery because i think i'm right but i think that beginning shot of zelda falling away from link is i think the world is split in two and one of them is in the dark world and one of them is in the light world and link's mission is to because i think some character with a creepy hand says to zelda we're gonna rely on your warrior with the master sword or something and she's like oh my god link is alive so i think she is split off into some alternate world that's wild and yeah i mean that makes sense 
it's also like the one Zelda thing, not the one Zelda thing, but one of the many Zelda things that was not present in Breath of the Wild that is present in many of the other games is the idea of a light world, dark world, or at least two different worlds that are intersecting in some way. Gotcha. Is that in Link's Awakening? Have I just not gotten there yet? Um, Link's Awakening... It's not really, no, it's not really that present. There are some elements of it, but Link's Awakening, that's another example of they didn't really touch that concept too much. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, it really looks great. And so about the villains, which you mentioned briefly, um, it's definitely clear that Ganon is a major villain, but I I think that they are toying with that idea i don't think it's gonna be just ganon or at least in the way that we know him because there are some shots of things that look like other villains present in this game oh okay interesting so ganondorf is certainly in it but they've also show so many other characters that i'm like i think they're gonna do something different than the like ganondorf's the bad guy again <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool like an a plot and a b plot and Ganon happens to be the B plot. And then maybe maybe they intersect, like maybe there's a greater evil that like takes over Ganon and makes like a big new villain. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have my theories because some of the stuff that's in here looks like villains from other Zelda games. I just don't really want to say what they are because you haven't played them, so I don't want to veer into spoiler stuff. Yeah. I I want the I want every Zelda game I go into to be as fresh as possible. Yeah. <clears throat> and um I think too like that seems to be the other big thing I think that they really need to address because even you playing it this year and really loving it but ending the game and being like yeah like nothing happens and it's like yeah no nothing hap like there really is the the bare bonest of bare bones story in Breath of the Wild, and I think a lot of people were really disappointed by that. So, I, I it looks like they're going for it a little bit more with different characters, but it remains to be seen. You know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, but man, the hype is alive. We're twenty eight days away right now from it <sighs> launching. It's very real. Yeah, I really need to pre order that. Um, before we move on. I have I have updates and a very tiny piece of news that I saw earlier. Cool. Uh, so I mentioned it to you, but it never made it to the podcast. I don't think I entered my first Pokemon competition and as predicted, got whooped like big time. Whooped like a little baby boy. Yeah. Um, and I have entered my second official pokemon competition that starts next weekend and i will keep you posted my rating is not high but it's not the lowest so that's good i didn't finish in last and that's really all that matters um what game are you competing in scarlet and violet mm. cool yeah they uh they shut down competitive battling in sword and shield and they migrated everything over to scarlet violet nice yeah uh pokemon home has still not dropped and i'm shaken by about it i know you're sick of me talking about pokemon but no it's fine we've actually haven't talked about pokemon in a long time um and speaking of pokemon my teeny tiny piece of news i saw that pokemon stadium is 
going to the N64 uh, emulator virtual console thing on Nintendo Switch with the expansion pass. Which is very fun and nostalgic to me personally, because I grew up with that game. I, despite having not, uh, not having had a, uh, an N64, um, I also grew up playing that because Nick had it all the time. So I just, oh, I want it so bad. I mentioned it to Jen actually, and we were talking about, uh, potentially getting the expansion pass. It's the thing about it is like, I'm actually, I don't know. It'd be worth, it's only nostalgia value because that game is fun because when you were a kid, it was like Pokemon didn't exist in 3D. So it was so cool to to just like, we're each going to pick a team of six and just battle it out for the fun of it. And it was cool because you got to see your Pokemon in full 3D in this new way. I think for me now, other than, because I, I think I've pulled it out to play against Stacy just for the novelty of playing Pokemon Stadium. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not, what else are you going to do except do that maybe once every three years? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would be, I think there are ways that they can make like a modern uh, Pokemon Stadium. Like by including all the little mini games they used to have. and um, Oh, they can for sure. I'm just saying this one in particular doesn't feel like worth getting the expansion pass for me i don't think that game alone yeah i mean there's there's a couple games that would probably be worth it between uh the n64 and the game boy ones i I could see it being worth it dude if you ever got the game boy ones i could give you a whole list of baby got backlogs of amazing games that are available on there they really nailed it with picking some of the best game boy games dude my my backlog gets we're going to have like a million seasons of this show my backlog gets bigger and bigger almost daily like it's uh it's gotten way bigger since i've moved here um just because jen has a huge collection of switch games xbox games she has her her super nintendo here so like dude i got games for days yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you were ever going to get the expansion pass for the Game Boy and you were like, what are some games to play? I would be like, these are the ones that you're going to love for sure. OK, noted, yeah. noted, because that that's a possibility in the future. Yeah, again, that's something I'm so pumped that just exists, even though I haven't gotten it because I have all of those games. I'm so glad that there's like a generation of kids right now that are like potentially playing metroid fusion for the first time that like had no way to play it otherwise like that type of stuff is so exciting to me that those games are still alive and people they're gonna have like a longer life and people are gonna continue to talk about them you know yeah and that's that's another reason i'd like to see like a remake of pokemon stadium or or like a new sequel like they did with pokemon snap you know like it's a whole new game but it's the same game. Like I, I would like to see them do that with Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, uh, it's cool. I like that game. I still have my Nintendo sixty four ones. Like here, I've played them with Stacy. I need to get one of them on, um, on the N sixty four because I have an N sixty four. I just don't have that, and I really need it because I love those games. Yeah. Um. Oh man, there was another gaming news thing you made me think of with the with the virtual console, but now I don't remember. Was it for N64 or Game Boy? Uh, oh, I don't remember. 
Dang it. You're going to think of it like mid-show. Yeah, I think so. What You were like, I have more gaming news. And then you started talking about the Nintendo 64. I did see you perk up because I said that I saw um, Pokemon Stadium was coming to the N64 virtual console. And I saw you perk up. Well, yeah, just because I love that game that I got excited. Oh. I don't remember. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Pokemon Stadium. Uh, Oh, no, wait. You know what it was? It was you were like, I'm sick of you talking about Pokemon. Oh, I remember. It's because you were like, oh, they're going to announce Pokemon red, blue, yellow and gold for the uh, virtual console now that they've announced Game Boy. And I was like, no, they're not. And you were like, yeah, they are, though. And I was like, they're Pokemon. They're not going to do it. (laughs) No, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna they're not gonna do the mainstream series. They're gonna do like Pokemon spin-offs like Stadium yeah. and stuff. You were right though that Sony is doing a handheld. We never talked about that yet. That you yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick because it's not I was almost right or half right. It's not a true handheld. Have you have you read about this at all? Yeah, it's like a cloud thing, right? Yeah, it's it's only like the Steam Deck in that it connects to your PS5 and you can play your library. So it's basically just a, a piece of machinery to do remote play. You can already do remote play through a laptop or something or a desktop even. Well, but isn't that, if I recall correctly, I remember you saying, oh, handhelds with Sony. And I was like, no. And then you convinced me. And I think I said that exact thing. I was like, you know what? I could see Sony doing like a steam deck that connects to your PlayStation to remotely play. And I think I said that exact thing at the end of our conversation. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and in fairness, the PSP Vita, which was the last handheld they had, I think, um, did that with the PS3. Did it? Yeah. You could do remote play, maybe even with the PS4, honestly, Hmm. until they shut down the PS Vita. I'm still going to go ahead and say that you called it because what else would PlayStation do? They wouldn't launch like a Steam Deck because if you have a PlayStation, really what they want to do is make like a Switch version of the PlayStation that if you're traveling, you can just link all your PlayStation games and play them on the go. And like, what else would PlayStation do? I'm going to go ahead and say you nailed your prediction. Yeah. I mean, it was only a matter of time. Logitech, Logitech has one for the Xbox. Steam Deck is the steam deck and the switch is the switch like what else was sony going to do it was only a matter of time before they they got in the handheld game yeah yeah dope dude yeah so mazeltov i was right if you uh if you betted that i was wrong i'm sorry you've lost that bet yeah and like i said i thought that you were wrong when we started talking about it and then you convinced me and you were right you nailed it boom we're talking about spider-man baby Oh my god. I'm just so, swinging right into that transition, bro. Did you make that pun on purpose? Um yeah, I'm web-slinging right into it, bro. Great. Um spider pun. Anyway, uh it, if you're if you're new here and you don't know me, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Like I I don't know how else to say it. Huge Spider-Man fan. I have Spider-Man tattooed on my body. Uh I live, breathe, and eat uh, Spider-Man. I don't eat spiders, but you know what I mean. Um, Spider-Man PS4 is probably one of my favorite games of all time. It's it's in my top three. Uh, so 
Andy has finally played it. I've been asking him to play it for years before he even had a PlayStation. He has one now, and I've been begging him to play it. He played the remaster, right? Uh, well, no, it's just the game. But it's is it the remastered edition? I don't think so. There's no remasters for PlayStation 4. It was remastered for PS5, but they also launched the remaster on PS4. I don't I don't think so. I don't know. They like redid his face and everything. I I don't know. Beats me. I I mean, this game looks great. If I have the original, I don't know how the remaster can look that much better because this game looks amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, and let me be let me be clear. So you've been wanting me to play it, but I've also been wanting me to play it. Like I feel like since we started this show, that's been besides it being your favorite one of your favorite games which i knew it was i just know that that game is really really held up as like a modern classic and people have loved it since launch and have continued to love it and similar to god of war i was like that game feels historically important and i should definitely get to it um so the time was ripe uh, because I was like, you know, we're getting towards Tears of the Kingdom. I don't have as much on my personal backlog, and I'm ready for something new. Um, so yeah, man, I got it on Amazon for like twenty bucks. It's like deal of the century right there. Heck yeah. Um, should we just jump right in? Please, I'm dying. I'm dying to talk about this game with you. Yeah, because we haven't talked. We haven't talked about it much. No, we haven't. Because okay, and. I know there's a lot of suspense here and I haven't I haven't talked about it a lot for a reason. And like I don't I don't want to build it up too much because I don't want to like let you down, but I, I'm just gonna rip the band-aid. Trevor, I love this game so much, dude. I just adore this game. <laughs> this is this must be how you felt when I told you that I loved Breath of the Wild. This is yeah. the this is the feeling you had, just the pure ecstasy of it. Yeah, did you like my little bait and switch there that I was trying to like lead you like I wasn't? Yeah, I it? thought you were going to be like, I don't like this as much as I thought I was going to, and I was going to be sad. I was going to no. cry right here on pre-live recorded internet. Dude, I have I have so many reasons to to gush about why I love this game, but like I think I just want to start by saying that I'm I'm grateful for like this show and like this mentality that I've sort of grown into about giving games more of a chance because I think in the first two hours of this game, I was like, I hate this game and it's uninteresting and I, I don't care for it at all for this reason, this reason, and this reason. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna push through that and really give it a genuine chance. And like, let me be clear too. Like, I went into this game really wanting to like it, but the first two hours were like killing me. It was really like the next three hours, like maybe five hours in, that it was like, okay, I, it's kind of got its hooks in me. And then by hour ten, I was just like, I I love everything about this game, and it makes me want to weep with joy. <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you that if you're not a huge Spider-Man fan, like I am, and you weren't anticipating this game, like I was, it, it's a little slow. Um, it, it does start a little slow. I'll grant you that, but I'm glad that you persevered and I'm glad that you fell in love with it out of curiosity. What, what was it that you were not digging in the beginning? Was it just the pacing of it or 
actually don't I don't think it's slow. I think it's too fast. Like literally the first hour of this game is like you start in this showdown with like Fisk in this tower and it's just like Spider-Man swings in, blah, blah, blah. And then they throw you in the middle of 20 dudes and they're like, press R2 to run. Press square to punch this guy. Press triangle to do a web thing to sling up to a guy. Hold triangle to throw these things. Hold square to launch guys into the air. Hold L1 and R1 to throw things. Hold L2 and R2 to web sling to things. If you do L2 and R2 to web sling to things, but then press X, but then press square, then you get to do this thing. Use this to shoot into vents. And like the, fir the first hour i was just like oh my god this game doesn't need this many controls like <laughs> i felt like so overwhelmed that i was like okay i guess this whole game is just following directions because i don't know any of the controls the game is just like press hold square to do this to guys and then i would hold square to do it and it would work and then it would be like make sure to do this to these guys and then i would do it and then i would beat those guys and so the beginning of the game just gave me the impression that was like, oh, I don't really have that much agency. This game is really just about following directions and like swinging through cutscenes, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I I can see that being your first impression. Um, and like it's I get that they wanted it to start with like an action packed Spider-Man movie type thing where you're like busting through walls and beating up 25 guys and then the showdown with Fisk and it was cool. But just from like a gameplay perspective, I was so overwhelmed with the amount of things that I could do. And I just couldn't, I like just couldn't get a, get a grip on like what I was supposed to do to like take down 30 guys at once. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair first impression for you to have. Yeah. I, I just wish they, and like once you really get into it, like two hours in, you're like, oh, there really is not that many things that like, it's actually not that hard to get a handle on the amount of things that Spider-Man can do. I just wish that they taught you. Like, I wish that they just put you in a couple rooms, which is like, this room is all about launching guys. And then like, maybe for a half an hour, the best way to fight guys is to launch them into the air. And then after that, they're like, oh, zipping to to different ledges you know what i mean like yeah you know it's funny that you say that so there was a spider-man 2 based on the the toby Maguire movie spider-man 2 for uh it, that was on ps2 um that's exactly what they had they had like little training rooms that were like very computer like that had they looked like the matrix it was just a, an empty room with all the enemies and that's exactly what they did like step by step you could just like verbatim what you said it was that and i think this game didn't do that on purpose because like yes i think the pacing is very fast at the beginning but it's very intentional so that you don't have to be tutorialized again for the most part um and it's yeah. like it's like okay now you're you've done this and now you're spider-man go go just go yeah i mean honestly i just think they could have done like even that first mission against fisk like maybe they could have just given you the first half of abilities like maybe you couldn't launch guys yet or maybe you couldn't uh like shoot guys with webs and swing them around like i feel like they could have just paired it back and then like the second mission Spidey's like, oh, I finally invented my web sling and things that allow me to do this now. And then they teach you that next set of mechanics. Instead of throwing 30 things at you at once, I think they could have 
they just they could have done a better job doing the Nintendo way, which is like they force you to use a mechanic a mechanic so that they know you understand it, and then they let you move to the next step. But instead, they just throw you all three hundred Spider Man mechanics at once. <laughs> yeah, which I. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I do know that it was intentional because when this game was coming out, uh, I listened, I like watched and listened and read a bunch of interviews with some of the devs. And uh, I think it was the director of the game said that uh, they specifically wanted like a a Spider-Man that was very experienced and like didn't have to learn how to be Spider-Man you jump in and this this is Spider-Man. He's like eight years in to being Spider-Man and they wanted the player to like feel that right in the beginning. So I, having known that for me going into it when it launched, like that boom, 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 boom of like, okay, I've learned everything. Now I'm Spider-Man. I liked that. But you know yeah. how I feel about tutorials. I I just don't like them. So the fact that, the quote unquote tutorial is just the first big boss. Like for me, that felt really good. I got it out of the way and I was, I felt like I was done being tutorialized for a while. Yeah, that's fair. I just think like, again, had it not been for this show and or my willingness to press through things, I would have absolutely written this game off and thought it was uninteresting and not that well made mechanically and all of these things, which is not true about it. But I think I just think they don't put their best foot forward gameplay wise. That's fair. So what was the turning point for you? What was the, was there a specific moment where you were like, you know what? This game's pretty great. Um, what was the moment? Um, I, I think the turning point for me that I, cause like uh, eventually around like, because here's the thing is like when you get into the open world and they finally let you start to just like do things and go at your own pace, the game is so much more fun, Um, which like maybe could have even been a better focus for the opening too as well. Because like, again, I started it and it's like quick time events do this and you have to do this to punch this guy and you got to hit this web and you have to follow all of these specific directions. And so mm-hmm. this game made me think, oh, this is just me doing quick time events and playing a Spider-Man movie and not really playing a game, which is not true at all, especially once you're out in the open world because you have all of this agency and stuff. But like, I would say maybe towards hour five is when I started to like it. Okay. And then a couple days ago when I was like between hours eight and ten, um, I was just, I don't remember what point in the story I was because to be honest, I don't think the story for me is that interesting. I, I just was like leaving some mission and just started swinging away towards my next waypoint. Then I just started having this like really like emotional reaction, like just swinging around. And I was like, this game is just like a miracle. Like I can't like I'm I'm swinging and I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm on my way to go do a bunch of more amazing, fun things. And it, it was like the realization that that like i grew up watching spider-man movies and loving those movies and it was the realization that oh i'm actually getting to be spider-man in a spider-man like i'm getting to be 
Spider-Man. Like you just so much more than anything. You're like, I just feel as I feel like Spider-Man and who doesn't want to feel like Spider-Man? Like that's an absolute miracle. Yes. Yes. I've felt that way from the moment I played this game that this this game is a Spider-Man simulator. Yeah, and like that that is just like again, like I also love Spider-Man. Like I grew up with Spider-Man. I have a million of his comics. Like I just think he's just the best character of all time. And as you're swinging around, you're like, wow, this is so close to what it's ever going to be like for me to actually feel like Spider-Man and I feel so cool at every moment, you know? Yes. Yes. You're you're touching on exactly why I wanted you to play this game. Like personally, I think this is a great Spider-Man story, but you're you're getting to like the bottom of why I love this game, which is you become Spider-Man. Yeah. It's and, it's amazing. And like every every detail of the game is is so finely crafted to to really just feel like peter parker like in his experience like you you've never in any movie in any comic book in any video game nothing feels closer to what it's like living in peter parker's shoes than this game it's it's absolutely the number one best example i think of spider-man media that i've ever experienced i could not possibly have said that better myself yeah um and yeah, man, like it just like I think I forgot how much I love Spider-Man because um, I know you're like a much more diehard, like, you know, more of the ins and outs of like all of Peter Parker's stories and stuff. But like, again, when I was like really little, like my dad loved Spider-Man. I have all of his comic books. Um, I watched all of the movies and stuff. And like, I think I forgot how much I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, Peter Parker has always just been a very relatable character to people like you and I. Um, and just as a sidebar, like that's, that's why miles Morales is so important because he's that for other kids and other demographics, but I digress. Yeah. Um, And he's also just like a great character in different ways as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's his own person. Like he's Spider-Man without being derivative. Anyway. Um, that's, that's a whole other conversation. Um, cause as you know, I could just go on for literal days about Spider-Man and his importance and Miles's importance and so on and so forth. Uh, let's do it. I think I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think Spider-Man is, I think he's just the best character. I'm yeah. just going to go out and say it like superhero or not, whatever media thing you're into, like he's just a, he's, he's just like a shining beacon of a phenomenal character yes you know what gets me about spider-man there's a few things but like he first of all he like is bad-mouthed and hated in a way that feels so real (laughs) like yes when you hear joma jameson or whatever his name is what's his name uh j jonah jameson yeah, when you hear him bad-mouthing Spider-Man, like, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, th- this is, like, what real life is like. Like, you could actually be a superhero in real life who does nothing but good, and you will still have right-wing nut jobs that bad-mouth you at every turn. <laughs> yeah, you realize that they they took J. Jonah Jameson as he's 
typically portrayed and they merged him with alex jones that's yeah. all they that's all they did they they held auditions and they were like you're you're out this this role is alex jones and the voice actor was like got it and and it's such a great it's just such a great portrayal of of that character you know yes it it's incredible like i I thought J.K. Simmons was the epitome of J. Jonah Jameson, and he still is in a lot of ways. But this dude, like whoever did the voice acting, like nailed it. Totally nailed it. Yeah. I also just think Spider-Man is like a great character because he's constantly being bad mouthed and like horrible things are happening to him. Like he's getting evicted from his own apartment because he can't afford it in the first three hours of this game. And yeah. like his immediate thought is like, cool, let me put on my suit and go fight crime and, like, go work at Aunt May's shelter to help the home. Like, and in this moment, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is not what I would be doing if I could not afford a living space, is, like, going out to do good things. But in, at every moment, like, Peter Parker is, like, poor and single <laughs> and, like, under hard times at every moment. And he constantly is just, like how can I do good things for other people? Like, I think that's such an inspiring character. Yes. He's so Spider-Man for being a superhero is so incredibly human and vulnerable. And that's what makes him this great character. Like you're saying, like he's just so incredibly human. Yeah. Like in a way that I don't feel I don't feel like I relate to other superheroes in the same way as I'm watching it. And I'm like, Oh, right. Peter Parker's just a poor dude from Queens. Like literally. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a Joe Schmo at, in his heart. Like, yeah, he, and there's a great Stanley quote. Um, and he says his, his favorite, and I'm paraphrasing, but his favorite part of Spider-Man is that the suit covers his whole body. So anybody could be under it. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like, I honestly, like, again, like I'm having, I was having this emotional reaction while I'm playing the game of just like, I, I just love, I love this character and what's happening and like who Peter Parker like is. And the other thing too, is about you saying that he's vulnerable is like Spider-Man gets the crap kicked out of him so much. Like as, a, as superheroes go, he is incredibly vulnerable um, and like overpowered by bad guys most of the time. <laughs> Which it it's interesting that you say that because yes, that's that's true. He's also emotionally vulnerable. Like some of the best Spider-Man stories are the ones where Peter Parker's loved ones get put in harm's way. Oh yeah, right. And he yes, awful things happen to Peter and the people in his life near constantly. Like he's he's right. vulnerable in in every possible way as a superhero, which like I don't know. I know Spider-Man is a popular character and I know he's around, but I feel like that I feel like the archetypes for people that we have are like Ryan Ryan Gosling like you know like I feel like we so typically have these male characters that are not vulnerable and not interesting and have nothing to say and I'm I'm looking I'm like Spider-Man's like this shining beacon of like how all like of what great characters could be from like superheroes and like people to look up to you know yes uh and on top of that so 
kind of circling back to his vulnerability physically, um, there is there is a comic book arc called Superior Spider-Man in which Doc Ock puts his mind in Spider-Man's body and pledges to be the superior Spider-Man. And he's stopping a crime and he uh he punches he punches just a regular dude and like breaks his jaw or something or kills him. I forget what it is, but he like he does serious damage to this just regular thief dude. And he has this moment of realization where he goes, Oh my god, Peter has been pulling his punches for years. And so like when you say he gets the crap beat out of him, I hear that. And I think he, he lets that happen. He lets the crap get beat out of him because he doesn't want to hurt, like mortally hurt these other people. Right. Well, I mean, but like even by villains too, like I think all of the villains are by every stretch way more powerful than Spider-Man usually. For the most part. Yes. Like, Doc Ock without his without his arms, no. But with these crazy in like innovative arm mechanical arms, heck yeah. Even Venom, who's like the most basic Spider-Man villain, is just Spider-Man but jacked and way more strong. <laughs> okay. Andy. Yeah. Sidebar. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for Spider-Man 2 yet? The the movie? No. The game. The sequel to this game, the proper sequel to this game. No, I have not. Watch it after the show because, and I guess I'm kind of spoiling it for you, but. There's going to be some venom in it? Yes. Cool. Yes. Um, spoilers galore in my I'm head. I'm down with it. I mean, no offense, but like. I was a little bit like, okay, Dr. Octopus, like, fine. Like, I was a little bit like, I'm sick of Dr. Octopus. Can I get some Venom and Carnage up in here? That would be way cooler. Yeah. Um, Venom's definitely in, excuse me, Spider-Man 2. Um, and I have I have theories about what Spider-Man 2 is going to be like or what might happen story-wise. I don't know how much you'll care about it, but it's in there um how far how far into the story are you i am let's not let's save some of it for spoilers for people who haven't played the game but i am i'm pretty well past the thing that you were like things are going to change i'm pretty well past that okay yeah okay so there are new characters that have appeared okay um, and I don't know, maybe just give me an idea. Is that like how many hours are left? Like two or three hours? I'm pretty close to the end. I think so. If, if we're talking about the same moment, which I think we are, we there's, it's the moment for sure. <laughs> I promise. Okay. Then yeah, you probably got maybe four or five hours left. Okay. Well, I mean, I think we can say this without spoilers because it's very evident from the first hour of the game that one of the villains is going to be Doc Ock. I'll just say it, it, I'm past the Doc Ock moment that you're thinking of. Okay. Yes. That's like the moment is the Dr. Octopus moment. It, I'm, I'm well past that for sure. Okay. Gotcha. That's what you were thinking of. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. As soon, as soon as it happened, I was like, all right, I know exactly what Trevor's talking about. <laughs> yep. Um, which 
in that moment so when when this game came out um for people who were following it like they the devs were keeping like the big bad a secret and they were using mr negative in all the uh in all the marketing for it as the big bad but there was this like looming shadow of like oh there might be like another big bad pulling the strings and uh and they never said that it was doc ock and then you play the game and you walk in the lab and you're like oh it's dr octopus it has to be him but he's not him yet yeah and then you watch it unfold and you're like okay what's like where's where's the moment where it happens and then that moment happens and you're like oh yeah so yeah but okay let's talk a little bit about what the game is and like why it's so great because people have been listening at this point people are like all right we also love spider-man let's hear about the game yeah move on we get it you guys are nerds yeah so the really the (laughs) the like the loop of this game is you're playing a spider-man movie like just flat out straight up every scene in this game is cut and directed and edited like it is a spider-man movie like it feels like a movie at every moment. That um, said, it's a great one. Yeah, totally. It is. And then, uh, so, you know, like you play out these little acts of either like going to Dr. Octavius's lab or going to visit Aunt May at her shelter or going to stop a villain who like there's like an impending villain or whatever. Um, and like it's interspersed with like gameplay story things. But really, you go to a story mission um and then you're cut out of it and the game is like cool here's where you go for the next story mission and you have to swing over to the other end of new york city mm-hmm. but new york city is just littered with things to do and find um there's collectibles everywhere in the game um j- just like there's towers to unlock similar to breath of the wild which i couldn't believe how much i was like oh look at this game taking inspiration from breath of the wild but the oh they're literally called towers oh <laughs> yeah um so yeah so just like the the huge open world of new york city is just like you head towards a story mission get distracted and do five or six cool things on the way stop some crime and stuff and then progress the story and it it sort of has this natural gameplay loop that just it just feels great because I mean, I don't know. To be honest, at the beginning, I wasn't as interested in the story, and I probably spent like two or three hours of the game just exploring and finding towers and finding hidden collectibles in the world. Yeah. But you kind of just learn that, oh, instead of purposefully seeking them out, I'm just going to do two or three on the way to each story mission. Yeah. I I told myself, instead of seeking them out, whenever they appear on my minimap, I will go do them. Yeah, you just stop and do them on the way, which I think is the most natural way to play this game, you know? Yeah, for sure, because it feels, it makes it feel organic. Yeah, and there's, like, such a cool variety of things to do. So, like, there's, you can take pictures of landmarks, which give you experience points. Um, You can, there are, like, challenge missions where you have to, like, do things under a certain amount of time. Like, you have to go swing around and disarm these bombs. I love the Harry Oscorp, uh, the science missions that you have to do. To, like, oh, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, they're like these little Oscorp pods that you walk into with a computer and uh Harry Oscorp, the, which is like the younger Oscorp guy, right? 
Uh, Osborne, yeah. Osborne, well, yeah, Osborne, my bad. Um, uh, Mr. Oscorp. The And I'm not sure what the arc is there. I don't know about this uh, Harry Osborne world as much, but it seems like Harry and his mother were sort of like cut out of the Oscorp Corporation, and she had like all of these scientific projects that are like, I set up this idea to like reduce pollution in the city, or I set up this idea to like help corrode plastics that are polluting uh the sea and stuff like that right yes um that's that's the gist of it there are spoiler specifics that we could maybe talk about later but i kind of want you to go through it yeah but so the idea is that they're they're like these little science projects that um carry set up that's like you might have to swing through these like clouds of pollution and like clean them up as spider-man um, and that's like little missions that you can do. Those are maybe my favorite because they're all very like varied and different, um, but they're fun. Yeah. To complete. Yeah. Those ones reminded me of some of the older um, Spider-Man games in in how you do them. Yeah. And even those like when you're playing them out, you feel like you're just completing a scene in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this game has like A through E plots. Yeah, it really does. Like, and there's there's like the Catwoman, uh, Black Panther lady. What's her name? Uh, Black Cat. Yeah, there's the Black Cat. Like, she has these little stations for you to like take pictures. Um, have you done all of those yet? No. Okay. Who's the challenging guy? What's his name again? Taskmaster. Yeah, Taskmaster. Who like he wants you to like do tasks, and he like talks to you on his little radio. That's like. I'm not a bad guy, kid. I just want you to do these things. And and Peter's like, you're obviously a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one, too. Um, yeah, this this game is just so full of like. Fun little like mini bosses and tasks and subplots like subplot after subplot after subplot. It's great. It's yeah. so rich. I honestly think the best part of this game is just getting out of a, a mission and just swinging around because th- those moments are so rich because like, again, talk about feeling like Spider-Man, you swing off of a rooftop and now the game does like this little dialogue where now you're talking to MJ over the earpiece, which is like expounding on the plot and you're mm-hmm. swinging. And as you're swinging, talking to MJ, you're like, oh, this is what it would be like to be Spider-Man talking to MJ on the phone. Like, it just feels like, you know, like the story is not presented in this cutscene. Like when you're swinging around and talking to Aunt May on your earpiece while and then like you'll swing down and start fighting crime, but you're still talking to them on the earpiece. <laughs> it's yeah. like this feels like what Spider-Man would really be doing in his life is is like fighting a bad guy and he's like yeah mj we'll talk later <laughs> like swinging a dude around over his head with web you know yeah or the or the moments where aunt may is like was that an explosion and spider-man's like yeah watching a movie probably back yeah. later <laughs> yeah and like even just like oh you see you see a uh you see like a car and you have to chase it down and throw the guys out of the car. Like just feels like in that moment, they're letting you play out this tiny moment of like what Spider-Man's day to day would be like, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to play Spider-Man when we're done recording this. Cause I, <laughs> Oh man, I love that the, game. 
Me too. Me too. Like we talked maybe around five hours in and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to finish this game. And then I think we talked like the next day and you were like, yeah, so are you going to finish this game? And I was like, dude, are you out of your mind? Of course I'm going to finish this game. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I can't tell you how happy that made me. Yeah. I, uh, every night it's been like, I'm just like, okay, it's after dinner and I'm tired. Like I'll just pop on Spider-Man. And then it's like two and a half hours later and I just can't. I'm like, I have to go to bed, but I can't stop playing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but but it's like, I think that's the thing. And like how organic everything feels in the game. That's like, it, it's fun to do in a video gamey way. And you feel motivated to do it. And you feel like Spider-Man. And it really feels like real and fresh and fun. It's it's a, This game is a miracle of modern science, dude. It's unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh, I, I just I can't say enough positive things about this game. I'm interested to have the conversation of like, I think my biggest gripe with this game for a while that I have gotten over that I just don't care anymore because I love this game. Two, two big gripes is a. Everything in this game. Is is presented and shot and directed like a literal triple A movie, which for a while bothered me because because that's like the triple a sony thing and so for a while i was like oh this is just another triple a sony thing that's slapped on type of, on top of spider-man i don't think that's true because again this game is just like playing a spider-man movie which mm -hmm. if you grew up with spider-man movies you're like that's a miracle of science and i love it like of course I want to play through a Spider-Man movie. It it just like it did irk me for a while that it was like okay, I don't need video games to be presented like movies. Video games can be presented like video games and that's okay. Does that perspective make sense? Yes. And if I may, um they if I aunt may. I was going to say all right, go ahead. <laughs> this you're right. This is a, a miracle of science because what they did was they took a Spider-Man simulator and they took a Spider-Man movie and they married them so perfectly because there are moments where you're watching a Spider-Man movie and there are moments where you are Spider-Man. Yeah. But like, I, th I think that's the thing that it, it wasn't about this game as much as when I played it, I was just like, all right, I hate Sony and it irritates me. Like games don't need to be like movies. Like in that, that was a real roadblock for me. And I think continues to be a roadblock like with, that like whole triple a sony thing you know mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's just like even just like the scenes like the way the camera angles are cut and like again with this game it doesn't bother me because i just of course i want to play through a spider-man movie that's like my dream come true from like a child but i think my problem is with the wider industry of like triple a games you know like since having played god of war and like god of war is a great example of like how can we make a game feel cinematic and as large as a movie, but do it without directing the game like a movie, if that makes sense? Yes. Because like God of War, the whole game is like single shot, right? Which is like, we're going we're gonna to make the gameplay and the cutscenes and everything happen within it be a single shot. And like in that perspective, you're like, oh, cool. I feel like I'm exploring a new way that like video games can be presented. But in this game, it's like, oh, 
sometimes I'm just watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I don't know that gripe with this game has since left me, but it, it was something that was lingering on my mind about Sony PS4, AAA, Xbox, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's a fair assessment for the most part. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to play. We'll play the last of us like someday, but it's like, that's where I'm like, Oh, if I play like the last of us, or like Red Dead Redemption or all those games I think of is like, oh, they're going to be like that, you know? Yeah, Red Dead Redemption, not not as much. Like, it's it's more open than you're probably thinking, or at least the second one is. I, I honestly don't know about the first one because I haven't played that one. But the second one is much more open than you're thinking. Mm. Yeah. Um Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was, like, irksome. And, like, my other thing that was maybe irksome. Uh, I don't have any more gripes. I love this game. This game's amazing. I'm so happy that it's so funny that like, I, I had a hard time getting into the breath of breath of the wild and then fell in love with it. And at the beginning you had a hard time falling, uh, playing, getting through Spider-Man, but now you've fallen in love with it. And it's so funny that we've done that with each other's like one of our favorite games of all time. And I, I I'm just so happy about it. You know, I think for me, that was like a big motivation of wanting to start this podcast because since 2020, when I had to be locked down and like, hadn't really played a lot of video games, like take monster hunter, for example, like monster hunter, I think was an exciting, just like moment for me with video games, because I think I had an assumption with a lot of games that I thought they would be uninteresting or I wouldn't like them, but I have had since 2020 probably 30 moments of going into a game and being like, I don't think I'm going to like this because of XYZ and pushing past that moment and finding out, oh, never mind, I love this game. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me, that has become like my favorite thing to discover about video games, which is why I'm much more willing to push through and like get to the other side and see like what really are the merits of this of this game you know what i mean yeah and you know i i think breath of the wild got me there like i there were some games where i let i let my gripes win but breath of the wild has taught me like no give it time play it push through those things and you might you might enjoy it more than you think so i think moving forward if you have recommendations that you think i would enjoy i'll be more open and receptive to those because i think i i agree with you i i that's that's where i've gotten to with breath of the breath of the wild did it for me yeah i just love going into something being like i'm probably gonna hate this and then finding out the opposite that you oh i actually love this yeah yeah, or even the opposite, like going into it being like, I hate that this is being presented by a movie and by the end being like, I love that I'm playing through a Spider-Man movie. You know what I mean? Like, yes, sometimes you really have to give those things a chance and, and like see how they sit with you over time. Like it's again, like if I could tell 10 year old me that I could play through an amazing Spider-Man movie and have it be every like fun every single second of it, I would be like, that's my whole life stream come true. That's amazing. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Same. Like when I tell you that there were multiple points in this game where I literally sobbed yeah. like dude. 
Yeah. Um, oh, my other big gripe with the game. I forgot. This this is an actual gripe, and I will I will stick by it still. Mary Jane missions. Mary Jane missions, man. <laughs> That's everyone's gripe with this game. You know, I don't hate them as much as everyone else does. I do. But I, but I understand the hatred. I hate them as much as everyone else does. Hi. Do you do you hate the Miles missions as much? Yes. Okay. I hate them. Here's my thing: is it's it's not as much. It, it's to be honest, it's not even the MJ missions. I hate the Spider-Man stealth missions too. I hate. It, it goes back to the PS4 thing. I hate that it's trying to be all things for all people. That they're like, well, there needs to be puzzle solving, and there needs to be stealth, and there needs to be you play as MJ, and then it needs to be you play as Spider-Man, and then it needs to be you play as Miles Morales. All right? We need to be all... It's like, don't be all things to all people. Be the best Spider-Man thing you can be. And I actually, true story, 10 times of when I was having those moments of falling in love with this game, there are 10 times that I was like, I love this game and it means the world to me. And then it would be like, here's an MJ mission. And I would be like, come on, right when I was like starting to love it. And now I hit this game. Yeah, like I, I think, again, that's my wider gripe is that they should have just focused more on what the game was <clears throat> instead of doing that Sony AAA thing of we have to appeal to everybody. That's what irritates me about it. Okay, I can sympathize with that. I think people hated people on Reddit hated it because they hated it. Like, you know I, what I mean? I do. I do hate them. Like, it's just like, it's such a pacing. It's such a bummer because in same with the puzzles is like, it feels like these moments where you're really getting into swinging around and getting into the groove of things. The game is like, nah, we got to stop you to do a boring puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even like really good, interesting puzzles. They're like, Match this shape with this shape. Right. It's it's like, and this is maybe my problem with it too, is it, it doesn't feel like a well-designed puzzle. It feels like a Sony executive was like, at hour three, we need a puzzle. And at hour four hours and 45 minutes, we need a puzzle. And at hour six, we need a puzzle because the pacing needs to be like this. Otherwise, people will get uninterested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it feels like, the devs were like, yeah, okay, whatever. And they kept making a great Spider-Man game. And then the exec walks in and he's like, like four weeks later, and he's like, hey, how are those puzzles coming along? And the devs are like, oh, um, they're great. Right. And then they like threw puzzles together. They were like, this is a puzzle. Right. Yeah. It, that's, that's really my thing is like, it feels like manufactured for them to, that they were like, we need to do like puzzle, stealth mission, action, action, puzzle, stealth mission, action, action, because we need to vary the pacing and keep people interested. And it's like, nah, you could have just made it a great Spider-Man game and we all would have been so thrilled, but like, yes, they're, they're not that bad in terms of like gameplay. And I actually think it's an interesting idea that like, for example, the very first MJ mission where you're going through a museum and I, I like the perspective of of Mary Jane's character, like uncovering all of these secrets as like an interesting way for the plot to unfold. I just think maybe there could have been less of them um, or something. You know, they're not they're just they kind of break up like the real fun, you know? Yeah, there are two MJ missions that I think are really fun. Um because they include spider-man in a very interesting way yeah well there's the one in the bank 
or not the bank. It's like Times Square. Or something. It's uh, Grand Central Station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Have you yeah, done that... the other one yet where you are in a place that is someone's residence? I don't think so. Okay, you would know. The way that goes is really funny to me. Like, it's a, it's another one of those, like, really human moments, but it's funny. Yeah, I feel like another thing, too, is, like, I feel like I hated MJ a little bit when this game started. And maybe that's just because I'm not used to the way that MJ is portrayed. But I think the way that she's portrayed by the end is such a good telling of that character. Yeah. Um. Because, like, you know, it's I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the game starts and Peter and Mary Jane are broken up. Yeah, not a secret. Um, Yeah, I agree. And they make you they make you like MJ more as the story goes on because you realize, like, oh, this version of Mary Jane, like, has her own voice and has her own thoughts instead of just being his love interest. Like, she has her own motives and stuff. Yeah, and she's a real lead. Like, she really pushes the story, and, like, her her choices and actions are so influential on, on what happens, like, in a good way. Like, she's a really great agent of, like, going out and, like, being a reporter and finding out these, like, hard-hitting things. She she's a, she's a great character in this game. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And that's—I think that's why I actually kind of like the MJ missions is because— they do give her her own voice and they do influence the story. And, you know, they, they flesh her out as a character other than Peter Parker's love interest. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like everything I, I did hate about this game. I just came around on eventually, even miles Morales. When they showed him, I was like, Oh, I get it. They need to make me play as miles Morales. Cause the next game is miles Morales. It's like marketing in the game. And then I was like, Oh no, miles Morales is just cool. And I love him. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> you just um, like everything I came around on. I was like, all right, I was wrong. It's fine. Yeah. You know, because you'll, you'll never play the DLC and, can we move into spoilers? Uh, maybe. Do you uh, plan on Do you plan on playing the DLC? You mean the Miles Morales game? No, the DLC for this Spider-Man game. Probably not, but maybe we should, before we get to spoilers, maybe we should wrap up if there's any other topics we want to hit before that. Uh, do you have anything? It, uh, I'm ready to drop spoilers. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else we didn't touch on of general stuff. We talked about gameplay, the open world, the story. We talked a lot about Spider-Man and Stan Lee. Talked about Miles. We talked about May. We talked about Dr. Pepper, the refreshing taste of Dr. Pepper. I thought you were going to say Doc Ock, and you actually said Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Um. Yeah, man. Look, if you haven't played before, we're going to get we'll do spoilers. But if you have not played this game, just go play it, man. Even me, who was like the most cold hearted naysayer when this game started. And I was like, this game's uninteresting and I'm going to badmouth it on the podcast. And it's going to I don't think it's saying anything interesting. I could not have been more wrong about how great this game is. And it has it's just won me over in every way. So please, if you're out there. Spider-Man fan or not, go play this game without a doubt. Yeah, agreed. Couldn't have said it better myself. Love this game. We're going to talk spoilers now. So if you haven't played this game and you're like, you know what? I need to play this game. uh, Maybe stop listening and come back 
when you have played the game a little bit and uh and get ready for some spoilies oh god what's that in my fridge that i left for too long without cooking and now it's bad now it's it's spoiled that's what it is (laughs) okay all right trevor what were you gonna say about the dlc (laughs) okay so here comes spoilers last warning here we go so in the deals in the main story and this might not be a spoiler because obviously there's a miles morales game that comes after this during this story miles morales gets bit by his spider which is a different one gives him different powers than peter um and that's why he has his own game in the dlc during like during moments in between missions, you get those same like phone call moments, but with Miles and they're talking about being Spider-Man. Um, Cause by the end of the game, Miles goes to Peter and he's like, Hey, this really weird thing happened. I'm Spider-Man. And Peter's like, Oh, that's weird. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> um, so this is during spoilers the... for me, bro. Oh my God. I didn't know it was spoilers for me. Sorry. Ah. It's I fine. mean, a literal sequel about it. <laughs> I'm just yeah, kidding. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has his own game. So during the DLC, you get those phone calls of Miles being very eager to be like, hey, when can we go swinging? Or like, hey, I've, I want to like make my own suit or whatever. And so you get these really cool interactions with Miles um, leading up to his own game. And the DLC ends with spider-man giving him his own uh web shooters and he's like all right let's go and he hops off the building and it ends with miles like looking down from the empire state building and he's like okay here we go and he jumps and it cuts to black do you have anything interesting to say or did you just want to spoil these cool cutscenes for me (laughs) well you're not going to see that's how the dlc ends you're you said you probably weren't going to play the dlc yeah i don't know it's hard to say man Maybe. All right, but let's you're, talk you're spoilers. Right. So, sorry, no, it, go ahead. This <laughs> is fine. I thought you had something interesting to say. You just explained what the cutscene was. <laughs> I just wanted to catch you up. I okay. was bringing you from point A to point B. All anyway, right. so uh, the Doc Ock moment hit me with it. Um, it At the prison, with, right? Hit you with what? You want me to just explain it? Yeah, I want to make sure we're on the, we're talking about the same moment. I think we are. Yeah, well, it's the big six. He unleashes the big six. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm a little... Okay, so up to this point, I mean, I'm assuming people aren't listening if they if they haven't if they haven't played this game already, but I just want to catch up for me, like maybe just talk about what happens in the game. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so there's the whole thing with Mr. Bleak, man. Mr. What's his name? Mr. Negative. I don't know why I can't remember any of the villains' names. Mr. Negative, um, who is like, he works with uh, Aunt May, and his his whole thing is he's got a problem with Harry Oz, Oscorp, man, Osborne. Not Harry. Norman. Neil, Neil Osborne. Neil Armstrong is um, in Spider-Man. Yeah, and uh, so he he like has a vendetta against him, and he's sort of the big bad that you're you're taking down, and you you do take him down, and you send him to prison. And Trevor's waving hi to somebody off camera. Oh, it's Jen. She walked in the room. Oh, hi, Jen. He said hi. Is this on video? Yeah. <laughs> and now she's on the podcast. 
Yeah, well, it's easier to do ads for Dr. Pepper when we do when we have video podcasts that are being posted. True. Hi. Stacy's made an appearance and now you have two. <laughs> I'm famous now. Woo! <laughs> Who's Stacy? Say hi to uh, our three listeners. <laughs> no, there's more than that. <laughs> um so you you beat him and then it, like as soon as you beat him basically so uh Dr. Osborne has this moment of like you kind of find out that he has this degenerative neurological disease that like he's losing control of his his like body mm-hmm. in some capacity and that's that's sort of part of the reason he's like trying to uh that he's trying to like push this research forward it's like a it's like a I don't know it's I don't know what's happening. Um, is uh, he's making these arms so that he can like be more capable, right? But it it sort of creates him. It makes him like an unstable person. I actually missed the cutscene of what Osborne does on the TV that makes him mad because you texted me, and I don't know. He looks at the TV and Osborne's on the TV, and just as he's about to take the helmet off and not be unstable, he like crushes the TV, and he's like Osborne. I think he's just angered by Norman's existence. Well, because Norman wants to Norman shut down his research because he wanted to force him to work for Oscorp. Right. Um, He shuts down his funding purposefully. Yeah. Why? And and so then he goes to the prison um, and he he basically purposefully releases all of the prisoners. um, And he releases the like the poisonous. Uh, thing that Oscorp has been working on for like decades or whatever. Okay, so you've you've gotten to the point where he releases Devil's Breath. Yeah. Okay. That's immediately after the prison. Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah, it's that's his moment. He so he releases the big lizard and rhino and and the big fly fly man guy with the wings. Yeah, Scorpion, Electro, Rhino, Scorpio, Electro, Rhino. Martin Lee, Doc Ock. Who's the sixth one? Vulture. Vulture. That's who I was thinking of. Um, And you have this moment where they kick the crap out of Spider-Man and throw him off of the roof of a building. Um, And immediately after, um, he goes to Times Square and releases the Devil's Breath, which is this like horrible, um, basically like a bioweapon that they've been developing on accident. Yes. Um, Does Oz, uh, does Dr. Octopus have a specific vendetta against Spider-Man or was it that he, he does. No, not against Spider-Man against Norman. He has a specific one. Got it. Cause when, cause when Dr. Octopus like throws Spider-Man off of the building in that moment, I was like, is he specifically releasing these villains to spite Spider-Man or it was just, he released them so that he could control them to let's take down Osborne together. I think it's a combination I combination of I need you guys to distract Spider-Man so I can take down Osborne because Spider-Man will interfere. Um so I think it was a little column A, a little column B. Yeah. So yeah, he's you know, like as much as I was kind of bored by Dr. Octopus being the villain because I don't know. Maybe it's just in my head that he's the go-to. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I've seen so many versions of Dr. Octopus and I'm like, I would like to see Venom or Vulture or same with Green Goblin. I don't want to see Green Goblin anymore either. Um, So when he, when he finally does rise, 
I feel like he I feel like he's such an interesting villain because the whole game you just want to relate with him and you just love um Dr wait don't tell me Dr it's not octopus it's Osterius or something ah Octavius Octavia. you were oh you got it yeah um the whole game, you just love him. He's such a sympathetic character. And when he goes off the rails, you're like, okay, he's a little unhinged. And then when you see that he released all of these horrible villains from prison, you're like, oh, man, he really, like, went from zero to full-blown supervillain in a horrifying way. Yeah, and then he releases the devil's breath right as you're like, it couldn't get worse than that, could it? And then it does. Yeah, which is like, it shows how unhinged he is because... He's like trying, like as much as Osborn is not a good character, it's like you you released this harmful thing on the public to show how bad of a guy Osborn is, but Osborn didn't release it on the public. You did it to actual people specifically just to create P bad PR for a guy that you say is a villain, and you right. don't even see how much of a horrible villain you're being. Yeah, he he has such a strong hatred for Norman that he is willing to put countless innocents in harm's way just to prove a point. Yeah, right. Um so yeah, so that's that's pretty much where I'm at. I think I took down then you know, from that point they're kind of like, "All right, cool. Go you have this cool moment where you got to go save MJ and Miles and then uh Peter almost dies, but they they catch his web and save him. That moment made me sob. Yeah, it's it's a cool moment. And like, again, that that's when I really started to think about how cool it is that Peter is a completely vulnerable superhero that like, again, at any moment, he's like an actual superhero that could die and probably should in terms of like reality, you know? Mm hmm. Um. Which is why he's he's so great. Um, and then from there, they're like, all right, cool. You got to go take down Shocky Man. I think I took down Shocky Man. Or at least I took down one Shocky building of things. Okay, yeah, that's Shocky Man. And then, yeah, and then there's bad guys everywhere. There's even more missions to do now because there are, like, these prisoner missions on top of buildings. Um, so I did a couple of those, and I started plugging away at some of those missions. And the game gets a lot harder, which is cool. Every time this game starts to feel stagnant in things to do, the game gives you more things to do. Yeah, it does. It's actually a miracle or like amazing that like every maybe like every five story missions, they're like, here's another new collectible that's just available in the open world. And here's 35 of them to do. And you're like, what? Yep. Um, which is cool. Like, I think in the way that they they sort of let the open world like evolve and grow over time is really, really fun that there's there's more varied things to do. I think my favorite one is catching the pigeons for the homeless guy. <laughs> yes, I that, love that. <laughs> it's so fulfilling for no reason. Yeah, because it, it's other just, than that you helped someone. Yeah, right. It, it feels so, so wholesome and, and wonderful. Um, I, I think. I think I I think I really like the combat in this game, but I think that's another re that's another area where maybe the game feels stale at times in terms of the combat. Yeah, it's so it's so simple, but it looks and feels good anyway. 
Yeah, I actually think I actually think I really do like the combat. I like I like it in a sense that it's so similar that you really start to get the hang of it and feel super competent. Like I for a long time I was like I don't even want to do these extra base missions where like you have to fight off waves of dudes um which, which are there's like some gang that I'm that I'm thinking of. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, um the demons no, there are the demon ones, but I, I think oh, it's like Kingpin's different. crew. Yeah, the Kingpins. Um, and for a long time, I didn't touch those. And then like a couple days ago, I was like, you know, I, f I feel like really competent at this combat. Like I know how to like prioritize what guys to take out when and like how to how to really maximize my abilities and damage. And I was like, cool. So I like that the combat is similar enough that you you really start to get the hang of it. Um, I guess I just kind of understand where some people are like, maybe the combat is repetitive, but I, I really like the combat to be honest with you. I do too. I think it feels good, but it's simple to do. And it, it feels it again. It feels like Spider-Man getting taken on by 10 dudes. Yeah. And like the thing that makes him stronger than those dudes is that he, ha he's like fast and quick. And he like, you constantly have to be like thinking on your feet, like, okay, what can I swing around and swing at these dudes? Like, can I web up that guy and use him as a as a projectile to like throw at somebody else? Like you you kind of feel like thinking about what Peter Parker would actually be thinking about if 10 dudes were coming at him. Right. And you're like you're actively using the spider sense to like avoid being shot or whatever. It's just so it's so well fleshed out. Yeah, dude, I love the uh, the focus bar mechanic of this game. Yes, I think I think that's the really the thing that makes the combat in this game so brilliant is um, that like the, so the focus bar is building if you're racking up combos and doing certain things as you go and you can use the focus bar either to heal you, but also when you gain enough of it, you can hit triangle and circle to instantly take out an enemy at every at a moment, which mm -hmm. always feels amazing when you do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like, it feels so cool when you have those moments of like, I'm launching this dude in the air. I throw him at another dude. I zip to this guy. That guy has a gun. Let me go see if I can beat him up. Oh, my focus bar's full. Let me take out a dude in one hit. Let me zip to this guy. Oh, my focus bar's full again. Let me take him out too. And like, when you, you, you get in like this flow state and when you really pull it off, you just feel awesome. Yes. And like, even if you're not pulling it off. You're like, okay, I'm getting my butt kicked by like four dudes. You dodge a couple and you fill up your focus bar a little and then you can heal. So I love that the game rewards you that like it's not so punishing that when you're getting the crap kicked out of you, you don't stand a chance anymore. You can actually get back on your feet and heal up, which is like the brilliance of it, you know? Right. And that makes you feel like Spider-Man too. Like you're getting your butt handed to you, but you still get up and you still prevail. Yeah, and like you're you're rewarded even in moments where you're failing. Playing well rewards you with the ability to like continue going. Like, not to get too much into like Dark Souls. This feels like a tangent, but like I think my biggest problem. This feels like it's related because you just started playing Elden Ring. But like I think my biggest problem with Elden Ring and Dark Souls combat or games in that style is that the combat is so unforgiving 
that when you get wrecked in a certain way, either A, you like, yeah, either A, you just die immediately. But let's say you don't die immediately. Let's say you get down to like 10% of your health. You're like, okay, I can heal up, but I only have three more flasks and I'm going to fail because of that one failure that I had. I may as well just die and start it over and do it all again. The, the game does not allow you to like, let me have a moment where I can recover from my mistake and continue on sometimes you're just battered so bad that you're going to absolutely fail and i can't i can't stand that in any video game combat it drives me crazy yeah agreed i i like combat that feels like okay that was rough but i'm back on my feet and we're good yeah like i i just like that the game it rewards you by even if you're failing like you can continue to play well and you playing well will allow you to heal again and then stay in the game you know yeah yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's just you you won't fail immediately and have to start over. So combat's great. The bosses are cool. There's not that many. I do kind of wish there were more bosses sometimes. Yeah, I feel like I don't I don't know if you've done them yet, but it's not really a spoiler. Two two villains are done at the same time for a couple of them, and I wish that they were each their own separate bosses. Yeah, I don't think I've done them yet. They must be two of the the big six guys. Yeah. I actually like, because at first I was like, great, another Spider-Man game with 15 villains for no reason. But I love the moment where Dr. Octopus unleashes, unleashes six of them. And you're like, oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I love what they did with the Sinister Six because they didn't market it as like, oh, watch Spider-Man get his butt kicked by the Sinister Six. They build it in such an interesting and organic way. And Sinister Six has always had like a rotating roster of villains. And for them to include Mr. Negative in that roster is really interesting to me. Is Mr. Negative a Spider-Man character that has existed before or is he wholly original? No, he he's been around for a little while. Not not too long. I think I and I could be wrong about this. I want to say he's created by the same person who created Miles Morales. So he's not, I don't think he's very old. Mm, that's cool. It's cool to like see new villains in the Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Especially integrated with, you know, those older villains, those like really recognizable ones. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. That's, that's been again. Like I love Spider-Man. I think the rotating roster of Spider-Man movies is what made me forget how much I love Spider-Man. Cause the, the execution of those movies has been uh, mixed to bad at times. Um, <laughs> they've been rebooted so many times and every time it's like a reboot with another villain that you've already seen is like, okay, I've already seen this villain, I guess. Yeah. And they start to feel played out after a while. I didn't love, see, I haven't seen the newest franchise of Spider-Man movies, but I did not love the way that Spider-Man was p portrayed in the Avengers. Personally, I didn't. Oh, I, wow. I, I don't know. He was like 12 and he was like Stark's little baby son boy in the Avengers, not in his movies. Cause I haven't seen his movies, but like, I get that Spider-Man's a young character, but I don't know. I, I just, it didn't grab me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I will say he really comes into his own in his trilogy because he has his they no way home concluded his trilogy, um, or at least his first trilogy. But 
yeah, they they really flesh him out as the movies go on. But you're you're right. Like in Civil War, he's really portrayed as like this young progeny. Um, but he they really flesh him out over the course of his own movies. Yeah, yeah. I'll ha- I'm honestly gonna give them a shot now because I, I would. I miss loving Spider-Man and I, I will take your word for it that they're pretty good. Um, Yeah. I have them digitally. I can give you the login for, for that and you can watch my digital copies. Yeah, man. I, um, again, I, I just like, I can't be more pleased with how much I love this game and like, I'm so happy. I knew, I knew everyone regarded it as being awesome. So I knew I would like it on some level, but like, I didn't think that I would like every time I pull this game up, I just have like an emotional reaction to how much I I love Spider-Man and how much, how much like they've really brought Spider-Man back in, in the most miraculous and amazing way in this game, dude. It's just, it's so good. It's so fun. It's so, it's just so well done. Like I can't, I can't believe they did it. I like honestly can't believe they did it. Yeah. Same. Uh, That's, yeah, that's exactly how I felt when this game came out. It was like, wow, they nailed this. Like they couldn't have done better. You know what that you know what happened is it's like it's like the inverse of what happened to Sonic. Like I slowly grew disinterested with Spider-Man movies and so I was like, "Ah, eh, whatever." And like this game brought me back into loving Spider-Man and it's like Sonic was the opposite. Like Sonic had worse and worse, more terrible games and then somehow had a really great movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's, Um, that is weird. It's like the, I was thinking about it. It's like the exact inverse, like Spider-Man movies have been really mixed and, and really badly done in some cases. And then boom, they had this amazing game. (laughs) That's a really good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, with the exception, I guess, of the new trilogy that um, seems to be seems to be good. Yeah, I I didn't hate the the one that we saw together, which was the Andrew Garfield. Is that his name? Yeah, I didn't hate it. Um, it just wasn't like groundbreaking or anything for me because it was like, oh, another new Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I think it was watered down by the fact that shortly after the Andrew Garfield franchise was a thing, they were like, Hey, here's another new Spider-Man reboot. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I didn't have to care about the second one. Cause apparently there's another third f- reboot story, you know? Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Games game's awesome look i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna propose something that's a twist for our pod hit me i feel like i know what you're gonna say but hit me i feel like we don't need to talk about a second game today i was thinking the same thing we're we're almost at two hours i think and like gosh we we love we both love this game so much i I think maybe that's the play for this sode is that correct yeah i'm cool with that um so uh we need to come up with like a hand signal for like we have to pee really bad <laughs> because we I always know. type it in the chat we're like we've been recording for too long um let's do this for, so for everybody listening i think next week we're off for sure because i'm going to be insanely busy mm-hmm. um in two weeks i think we're probably gonna be doing a season finale 
the biggest reason being that Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out, um, and we're probably going to spend many months diving into that. Uh, Trevor needs to figure out a different recording situation, I think. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm posted up in my living room, and I have to basically banish everyone from the living room, and I don't want to do that. So, yeah, that's my reasoning. So next week should be a big finale. And by the way, I also have an idea for what our big finale should be, but I don't want to oh, say ooh, it. Okay. Um, so yeah. So uh, we'll talk about games in two weeks with you. And then after that, we're going to take a little bit of a break and come back after that. Probably talk about tears of the kingdom in a few months. So yeah. Season three will probably start with tears of the kingdom. If I had to guess. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about Spider-Man probably next time and finish it, unless I get into another game. Who knows? Ooh, I'd be okay with that. Besides my special idea that I haven't shared with you yet. Sweet. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. This episode's been brought to you by Dr. Pepper, which is why Trevor has to pee so bad, because he... he All I drink is Dr. Pepper. How'd you know? He had a refreshing Dr. Pepper at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening. if you haven't already, follow me at Trevor in the Hall on all of the things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that is Baby Got Backlog. Baby Got... Oh, that's not our theme song anymore. <laughs> it kind of is. I just changed it slightly. That's true. Well, um, thanks for listening, everybody. You're welcome. Oh, Okay, bye. (laughs) I think I stopped. How do I stop? I don't know. Okay. Why is it? Hold.